everybody else. If you would go to Psalm 34, verse 19, we want to finish up a three-part message that we've been calling silver linings. Silver linings or advantages in adversity. And this really message comes from a series from the life of Joseph. As we know in this coming year, we will face some opposition and some obstacles. But the Bible has something to say about facing them properly and productively. And we're going to look at some of these thoughts. Psalm 34, in verse 19, a righteous man, a righteous man, may have many troubles. Trouble comes to the righteous. But the Lord, praise God, delivers him out of them all. You grew up with the King James. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord, He delivers us out of them all. So you're going to face them. But you don't have to fear them because God's going to bring you through them. Can you say amen? Amen. And then we looked at the words of Jesus. The words of Jesus. John 16 and verse 33. John 16 and verse 33. Jesus said to the disciples, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Jesus said it. He doesn't lie. Amen. He said in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, be of good cheer. Don't let it get you down because I've overcome the world. And if you're with Jesus, so have you. Amen? And then we said, Joseph, this whole three-part sermon came from a longer series from the life of Joseph. And that's Genesis 50 and verse 20. Genesis 50 and verse 20. Joseph says to his brothers, you intended to harm me. Man in the world can have one intention, but God intended it for good. God has another intention for his people. Amen? I mean, this world wants to see you discouraged and broke, busted, disgusted, giving up, losing hope. But God, He'll take that same thing and He intends it to make you stronger and make you pure and make you a vessel fit for the Master's use. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish. And I think you ought to underline that in your thinking. God says, I want to accomplish something through that dilemma. I want to accomplish something in your life and through your life in the storm you're now going through. God wants to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So again, in this coming year, um, it's not a real surprise to know we will face some obstacles and opposition. But the Word of God has something to say so we can face them properly and productively. Now, the life of Joseph, um, beyond just being sold as a slave by his own brothers, one time in his life he was unfairly accused and unrightfully incarcerated, thrown in prison for something he didn't do. But throughout that whole time in prison, throughout his whole time in Egypt, Joseph remained true to the Lord. That's important, friends. Life's not always fair and life's not always easy. But make up your mind right here and now, regardless of what comes your way, whether it be a harsh night or a heartache or whatever it might be, hellish attacks, you will stay true to the Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. There's nothing more important than staying true to the Lord. But when it's all done, that's what's going to matter the most. We can glean some helpful principles from the life of Joseph as well as men like David and Moses, Aaron, to assist us when we face the challenges to our faith. And our faith will get challenged. We're going to face problems, trying times, testings in this walk with God. But God desires that we learn from those that have gone before us. That's why He gives us so many wonderful stories in the Word of God to encourage our faith and show us that even the righteous and the godly go through things. But God's with them and God will be with you also. There are advantages in adversity, or we're going to call them silver linings. Silver linings. Now, we've covered in the last few weeks our outline very simply. Problems provide opportunities. That was number one. Remember that problems provide opportunities. Opportunities to grow and to learn and to help others and to experience God in ways you've never experienced Him before. So let's look for the possibility in the problem and be ready to be God's instrument even when things are negative. Secondly, we covered problems promote maturity. Problems promote maturity. So don't waste that test. Don't waste that trial. Make the most of it and be determined to grow from it. Can you say amen? Amen. 
Problems provide opportunities and problems promote maturity. And problems, we said last week, prove our integrity or lack thereof. Remember the story of the tree and I found out it was hollow. And boy, that tree was impressive. I really thought that tree looked it and acted it. But when the storm came, it was exposed as being hollow and not being as it looked. And so problems prove integrity. May we be proving genuine and may we pass the test. That's a simple prayer when something comes at your life and a trial knocks on your door. Lord, help me to pass this test. I didn't ask for it, but life comes whether you like it or not. Lord, help me to pass this test. Help me to go through it in a way that will glorify Jesus and in a way that will please your heart. Can you say amen? Now, this morning we want to cover and finish this up. Problems produce dependency. Problems, if responded to properly, response determines effect. How you respond to the Word determines how that Word will work in your life. How you respond to the situations in life determine how God will work in and through your life. So, this week, problems produce dependency. And then lastly, problems prepare our hearts for ministry. But number four, problems produce dependency. Problems, when we respond to them properly, help you and I to tap into what I like to call the blessings of abiding. Abiding in that vine. There's blessings when we tap in and are connected and allow the life of God to flow in us. In our trials, we will find that God is dependable. And the trial and the test itself should move us closer to God and to a greater level of dependency in God. When you walk with God and trouble comes, now the carnal and the half backslidden, they sometimes lose it. We know that. But those that walk with God, when trouble comes, the first thing you're going to do, you're going to call on God in prayer. You're going to stand on that good promise. You're going to get closer to God and draw near and trust in the Lord with all your heart. So this should move us to a place of seeking God and holding God like never before. Everywhere Joseph went, God was with him. Through all the, um, the twists and the turns, fair, unfair, God was with him. And I love the thought, though sin can separate you and I from God, hard circumstances, hell's attacks, the trials of life cannot separate us from God. And one of the things that we've learned, those of us that have walked with God, we've learned this one thing. Our God is a God of dependence. Our God is a God that is dependable. Regardless of what we've gone through in the past, sometimes we brought things on ourselves. Other times, it was just the harshness of hell in a fallen world. But through it all, those that know God, and if you've walked with God, you can testify this morning, our God is dependable. Our Jesus is dependable. He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you through the storm and I'll be with you through the fire. And if you know God and you've walked with God, you can testify this morning, Amen, Amen, Amen. I've gone through some dark nights. I've gone through some lonely hours, but I can testify that even when man couldn't stand with me, Jesus never left my side. Jesus is there again and again, giving me strength and giving me hope and carrying me when I couldn't carry myself. Somebody say amen. Oh, hallelujah, our God is dependable. And the tribulations of this life, the distresses and the storms cannot separate us from His love and from His care, from His kindness, from His compassion. We have an assurance. We are sure that even in the midst of problems, God is there and we can rely on Him. And our problems, silver linings, advantages and adversity, our problems should drive us closer to God. Proverbs 18 and 10, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they are saved. When trouble comes, we're not running to the, to the soothsayers. We're not, we're not running to the, you know, to find out what the devil's crowd says. Amen. We're not running back to the world. We've been redeemed out of that world. We're not looking for their philosophy. We're going to make up our mind. We're going to seek the Lord. Amen. When trouble comes, it's time to draw closer to God. It's time to forget everything else. Put the other things on hold. Put that golfing thing on hold. It's time to seek the Lord. It's time to touch God. It's time to forget all the nonsense that doesn't matter. Oh God, trouble is coming. A storm is ravishing the family. It's time to seek the Lord. It's time to draw near to God. It's time to come boldly before that throne of grace and find the mercy and help, the only mercy and help that can bring us through the storms of this life. 
We know that problems can drive a person to God or away from God. Now, the Bible teaches that. Life teaches that. We've all seen that. Some of you are still here praising God. Wow. You could write some stories of trials. Not everyone's here, though, are they? Not everyone that started out in your Sunday school class many years ago. Some of them got a little bump in the road and gave up on God. Some of them went through some hardship and blamed God. Went back to the world. That's why they're out there right now. But oh, for those that are sincere. For the men and women of a sincere faith. And a consistent walk. I'm talking about those that abide in the vine. Hallelujah. They, they, they are moved to draw closer to God when trouble comes. They are moved to call on the Lord in the hour or in the day of trouble. They're moved to stand firmly on the promises of God's mercy and power, faithfulness and love. They're moved to cast their cares upon the shoulders of the One that can carry any burden and handle any weight. They're moved to come to the throne of His grace. As Psalm 50 and verse 15 says, And call upon Me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you will glorify Me. Those that walk with God, our response when trouble comes is to cling closer to God, to stand firmer on God, to believe and to expect and to call upon the name of the Lord. The believer's response when trouble comes should actually deepen and make firmer our trust in God. The anchor goes down deeper while the false hopes, the false trusts get pruned away. And purged away, we lean not on our own understanding. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we remember the name of the Lord our God. We don't trust in our own self, we trust in the Lord. It's like the one man talked about, if it's raining outside, he said, you might want it to stop, but you can't control the rain. But you can open up an umbrella. And you know, though we can't change circumstances when they come, we can open up an umbrella of faith, an umbrella of hope, an umbrella of praise and prayer that helps us to go through that without getting drenched and totally defeated by that. There's something we can do in response to the trials of this life. And one of the things a believer does, when trouble comes, I'm going to cling closer to God than I've ever clung. I'm going to cry out to God like I've never cried. This develops within us a purer faith and a stronger faith. We'll find God is dependable. You can take that to the bank. God is dependable. He's a great God. He's a wonderful God. Oh, He doesn't leave us. He's faithful to the end. And He will use the trials that you and I face to actually deepen and purify our trust and confidence in Him. Let's look at some verses and see what the Word says to us. Problems produce strength in our dependency. Number one, our response is greatly important. Understand what God is doing and to respond to the trial properly. If you would, 2 Corinthians 1. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 8 through 10. Let's look at this together. You're going to see in these verses, God is saying to the great apostle Paul, Paul, lean on me. Just lean on me. You're going through it? Just lean on me. You don't think you can go another step? Lean on me. You don't think that you can believe another day? Just lean on me. God's saying that's the whole purpose of some of the trials is to exhaust a person of their self-confidence and their self-will and their self-pride of determination and bring them to a place where all they can lean on is the everlasting arms of Jesus. All they can trust in is the Word of God and the promises that are yes and they are. Amen. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 8. Paul, he wasn't ashamed, that great apostle, wasn't ashamed to say he went through some stuff. We don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships. Some of your translations, troubles, troubles, that we suffered in the providence of Asia. In fact, Paul says, we were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. This is Paul talking. This is not some new Christian. This is not some... You know, once every two months, believer. This is the great apostle speaking. He says we were under pressure. It was beyond our ability to handle it. We even gave up on life. We thought we were done. In fact, verse 9, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. We thought it was over. But this happened. 
want you to underline that in your thinking, but this happened. It's important to know why things are happening. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, our own wits, our own experiences, our own, I know what I know what I know what I know, but on God, who actually raises the dead, praise God. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril. He will deliver us. And on Him we set our hope. He will continue to deliver. Isn't that our testimony? God has delivered us. He's going to deliver us. He shall deliver us. What a God we serve. We stand here today, not because life's been easy, but because God's been good. Not because we've been such great people of faith and devotion, but we have a Jesus that holds us in the palm of His hand. And He said, no devil in hell or Durant can snatch you out of it. You're mine. I purchased you with my blood. I love you with an everlasting love. And I will hold on to you through thick and thin on the mountaintop or in the valley. And we can testify that God has delivered us. And right now, God is delivering us. And one glad morning, we'll sing with the angels of glory for eternity to eternity. Great is the power of our God who hath delivered us from every snare and every trial. Hallelujah. I love that thought here. Paul learns how God permits the trial and God controls the trial and God uses the trial and God gives us grace and enablement to endure the trial. We learn something here that problems should take me to a place of a deeper and purer faith in God. A deeper place. Paul said, I was beyond my ability to believe. And God says, that's what I was trying to get at, Paul. I'm trying to get you to stop believing in your ability to believe and believe completely on me. And God brought Paul to a place where his human resources were exhausted so he could learn how to tap in to the resources that are divine and that are eternal. And in that, he received the grace to go through what he didn't think he could go through. You see, problems produce as I respond properly. They remove the false and they reposition and refocus the object of my faith. So it's no longer in my own ability, my own trusting in self-experience, but I lean completely on the Lord, trusting that He that began the good work, He shall complete it. But I love that thought. But this happened, Paul said. He said we were under pressure. It was hard. We were despairing. We thought it was over, but we found out afterwards this only happened. God let this happen that we might not rely on ourselves. Sometimes even those that walk with God a long time, we start relying on ourselves. And God says, I know how to get that, that, that faith off that. And on me, I'll bring something in. You're going to have nothing to lean on but me. And then you're going to learn how to tap into a power you never had before. But this happened. I like that. I like that. But this happened. But it's good to know what's happening. Remember the story of a lady. She was walking through a parking lot and she saw a car. It was kind of um, rolling towards her. It didn't have a driver in it. So she sprinted towards that car, opened the door, pulled the emergency brake. That car, you can imagine, came to a jarring halt. She got out of that car, saw a man approaching her and with a big smile on her face, she, with a little bit of pride in her voice, she said, well, I stopped the car. And the man said, yeah, I know, I was pushing it. I was pushing it. (laughs) She meant well, but she didn't know what was happening. Can you say amen? It's good to know what's happening. What do you mean? I mean, Paul might have said, "Um, God's abandoning me. But that's not what was happening, was it? Paul might have said, well, God has lost sight of me and stopped loving me. But that wasn't what was happening, was it? Let's think about that now. You see, you might be going, but Paul said, but this happened. It happened. Not because God, you're going through the trial and you're going, and it's not a thing of sin. It's not a thing that you knew you brought it on yourself. We've all done that. But it's just something of life and you're going through it. And, but know this, but know this, God says, I haven't abandoned you. I haven't lost sight of you. Life is just testing you. The devil is just buffeting you. 
But God is still in control of you and God is still calling out to you to lean on Him and to trust in Him and depend on Him. Leaning not on your own understanding. Leaning not on your own self-efforts, but rest fully on Him and cast that care fully on Him and watch and tap in to the power of His grace and He'll bring you through and you'll glorify Him in the end. Can you say praise the Lord? Problems should take me to a place of deeper and purer faith in God. Problems should allow me to tap into a greater strength from God. You grew up in church, you grew up singing, learning to lean, learning to lean. I'm learning to lean on Jesus, finding more power than I've ever dreamed, learning to lean. I find power when I learn to trust. I learn, I got power when I learn to tap into the resources of heaven. Isaiah 40 and verse 31. Isaiah 40 and verse 31. Because problems should make me more dependent, should purify and strengthen my faith, but they cause me to go back and lean on God and trust in God and go away from these other things I was putting my confidence in. And I was putting my faith in. Here Isaiah, but those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. If you could highlight those two thoughts there, wait and renew. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You see, the word waiting, we've studied this in, in depth on Sunday nights, but waiting doesn't mean not doing anything. Waiting in this word, it means clinging to, looking to, expecting, crying out to, reaching to, crying out to, um, um, hoping in, looking towards. They that wait upon the Lord. Those that look holy to the Lord in their hour of trouble. Looking away from man. Looking away from self. But looking fully to God with expectation and confidence and seek Him and call on Him and cling to Him. Those that draw near to God, God says, I'll draw near to you. And when you draw near to Me, God says there will be an exchange and there will be an impartation and there will be a transference from from Me to you. And as you wait on God, you renew the strength. That word renew literally means there's an exchange. There'll be an exchange of strength. It's a picture of someone coming in from a hard day at work and taking off the soiled garments, taking off the old clothes, and after you shower, you put on something fresh, you put on something new. They that wait upon the Lord are tapping into the strength of God. They're exchanging. They're casting their care and they're receiving God's impartation. They're relinquishing the trial and the struggle and the ownership and they're receiving from God the grace they need to go the distance. There's a transference of God's power and mercy and peace in their lives. In the Hebrew, we said this word, they that wait, uh, the root word is a picture of a vine that wraps around a tree, clinging to that tree, sucking the energy from that tree. And it's a picture of the believer that waits upon the Lord. It's one that really clings to God gives their hope fully in God, won't let go of God. And the true believer, the one that walks with God, when trouble comes, we're not blaming God. We're not running to the world. We're not using it as an excuse no longer to come to church and give. No, no, no. That's the unbeliever and that's the carnal Christian. Those that abide in the vine, what their natural response when trouble comes, it's time to seek the Lord. When all around me is sinking sand, on Christ the solid rock I stand. When I need a helper, when I need a friend, I go to the rock. I call on His name. I run to the tower that's above I. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And this is what a believer does. But as they cling to Him, they're tapping into Him. As we wrap our arms of faith around Him, we pour out our care, but He releases into us an energy to go the distance of peace that passes understanding, an ability to trust Him when everything around us seems to be falling apart like a vine wrapped around a tree. The blessings of abiding, of clinging, renewing means exchanging. The crushed hopes receive new hope. Those that are exhausted receive refreshing. The weary receive strength. The anxious receive peace. The confused receive wisdom. As I wait upon the Lord, 
He enables me not only to fly higher and not only to run faster, but enables me to walk longer and keep on keeping on and to be a finisher, not to fall out and not to run away, but keep focusing on Jesus, keep stepping towards the cross of Calvary, even in the stretching times of this life. I can go the distance. And you can go the distance as we cling to the Lord and tap in to the divine resources at our disposal to face whatever life brings at us. And we're not going to get weaker in faith. We'll get stronger in faith. We're not going to get cluttered and contaminated by worldly philosophies and worldly methods of dealing with things. But we're going to have a pure faith. We're going to have a, a polished faith because of the working of God in our lives. Problem. Produce dependency for those that respond. For the abiding believer. For those that draw close. To those that really put their trust. They'll find themselves getting stronger. And faith being pure as they wait and lean. My response to life's troubles. Take me deeper. Make me steadier and stronger. As I tap into the resources. And I can tap in. Because. I have resources available in Jesus Christ. So many verses to look at for the glorious resources. Psalm 46 is one of my favorite psalms. And it speaks about at least three wonderful resources that you and I have at our disposal when we're going through the hour of trouble. God is my refuge and God is my strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, I will not fear, though the earth is shaking, the earth giving way, the mountains are falling into the depths of the sea. We're going to look at this. Let's look at these resources from Psalm 46. We're in trouble, and we go through troubles, but we're not without resources. You're not without resources. And you don't got to know Greek, and you don't need to know Hebrew. You just need to know Jesus. You need to know His Word. You know how to stand on Him, and believe in Him, and trust in Him, and cast your care on Him. And if you do, there'll be an exchange. If you do, there'll be a glorious impartation of grace to help you walk through it, to help you go through it, to help you navigate through it. God is our refuge. God is our strength. An ever-present or a very present help in trouble. Therefore, I will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Show the outline there of the three things. I want you to get this, note-takers. This will bless you. This is some of the resources you have in your day of trouble. Psalm 46 speaks about God's people being in terrible trouble, the city being in trouble, the nation being in trouble. But the psalmist, under the inspiration of the Spirit, declares we've got resources that keep us strong when everything around us is falling apart. We have resources to keep us steady when everything seems insecure and wobbly. My resources, number one, I need not fear because I have a refuge. I need not faint because there is a river. I need not fret because there is a revelation from God to His people. He said, be still and know that I am God. I am your God. I'm your faithful God. You don't have to fret. You don't have have to fear. Just look to me and hear my voice and let me walk you through this. Alright, number one, there we need not fear because we have a refuge. When trouble comes, the enemy wants to deal with fear. If he can get you afraid, fear paralyzes faith. It's hard to walk confidently when your faith is paralyzed. We need not fear because we have a refuge. God is our refuge. God is our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. You see, no matter what may happen, you and I can find refuge in the Lord. That refuge will show up in an operating room when even your family can't go any farther. That refuge will show up in a courtroom where you're too embarrassed to even tell people you're going there. But there is a refuge for the people of God. There is one, there is a hiding place under the shelter of His wings that are available to those that love the Lord. Therefore, we don't have to fear, though the earth be removed. The psalmist is saying, even if the whole world around me is shaken and uncertain, and I'm not sure it's in convulsions, I don't have to be afraid of this God. He's my hiding place. He's my shelter. He's my strength. You see, there's nothing that can move or change God. God's not affected by the confusions of our society or the corruptions of our culture 
or the crisis that we all face. He is the rock. He stands secure. He will not be moved. His Word is forever and forever and forever established and written in God. And if that God be at our right hand, then we don't have to be moved. Then we don't have to fear. Then we don't have to give up our song and relinquish our peace and let go of our hope. When you and I run to the Lord for refuge, we're safe as He protects us and He keeps us. But notice He's not only my refuge, He's also my strength. Because as He's covering me, He's ministering to me. As He's covering me, He's mending me. As He's covering me, He's pouring the oil of His grace upon my bruise and upon my soreness. He's speaking to my heart to strengthen my fears. We don't have to run to Him just to hide. This Christian walk is not merely something of escapism or denial. We run to Him that He might hide us. But while He's hiding us, He's helping us. He's, he's, he's ministering to us. He's refreshing us. He's reviving us. And then He wants to thrust us back into that battle stronger and readier. Ready to do His work and ready to walk in faith. And ready to take on what life throws against us while we hide in Him. He prepares us and He quickens us that He might use us and He might thrust us, and He might take us through things that others can't handle, and He might use us as His witness and His testimony in situations that others are running from. Problems develop dependency, for God has given us resources. We don't need to fear, for we have a refuge. And His name is Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. Our Savior, our Shepherd, our Shield. He's our refuge. He's our power. In the day when the enemy is hurling their arrows, He's our great physician. When we've been afflicted and it doesn't seem like we're able to get back up, we have a strength and we have a refuge. His name is Jesus. And whatever you're facing, Jesus will bring you through. Whatever you're going through, don't let it pry you from Jesus. Let it weld you to Jesus. Don't let it cause you to run away from God's house. Let it cling. Don't let the devil play that game. Oh, no, no, he's good at that. Ah, no, 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 no. The story of that preacher going to preaching engagement. And um, we have a refuge, folks. And the Lord Jesus is totally capable and able to keep us through all the storms, the shakings, and the trials of life. And we need to run to Him and look to Him and trust in Him and let nothing sever us from Him. And businessman had to travel to a small town for a meeting. He wanted to take his wife. Cute little town that's different restaurants and different antique stores, etc. So she was kind of excited to go until she found out he was getting there on a, a twin-engine Cessna. And then pretty much, well, honey, I decided not to go. And he said, well, why not, dear? She goes, I'm not flying on that little bitty twin-engine Cessna. And the husband just smiles at baby. Your, your, your faith is too small. She said, no, it's not. Your plane is too small. Well, he wanted, he really wanted her to go. And so he canceled that and he got a bigger flight, went a different way to get there. And, um, then finally, as the wife put it, her faith grew because the size of the plane grew. <laughs> the object of her faith determined how much faith she decided to have. And I gotta admit, it might be true that sometimes your plane's too small and my bank account's too little and, and, but I got news for you. Jesus, your Jesus. He's never too small. He's never too weak. He's never too frail. His arm is not too short. His love is not too uncertain. He is able to keep you. He's able to comfort you. He's able to bring you through. When trouble comes, God doesn't want us throwing up our arms in despair and running. God wants us clinging and trusting and crying out. For in that response. We tap in to His grace and we allow Him to exchange that which is burdening us for that which will bless us and we allow this great transition to take place. Can you say amen? amen? We need not fear. We have a refuge. You know what? We need not faint. Because there is a river. And when the psalmist wrote this, he's not talking about a natural river. Jerusalem is one of the, the great ancient cities that was not built on a river. Egypt had their river. Babylon had their river. All these... All these, but not, not, not Jerusalem. Didn't have a river. So he's talking about the spiritual resources of God's Spirit. Again, not a literal river, but about the supply of spiritual power available 
from the Lord to His people when they go through the trials of life. You know, trials can just zap you. Man, you can get one f- bad report and it feels like someone put a plug in you and took out all the strength you have. Amen? You feel like collapsing. Isn't that true? You ever get a report and you almost collapsed? You got to start talking to yourself just to get you, you just to have to. And, and trials can exhaust us mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So not only do I have a, a hiding place, a refuge, there is a river. Look at, look at verses 4 and 5. This is beautiful. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. Hallelujah. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. There's a river. There is a, a, a source, a resource, where you and I can get strength for the journey. Where you and I can get replenished when we're exhausted. That's why the Bible talks about being filled with the Spirit again and again. It's not so you can have some kind of weird um, spiritual experience. It's so that you can stay strong in this walk of faith. Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let them come unto me and drink. And if you read our Bibles, they didn't just get one drink. They were constantly drinking because life demands it. The fight of faith demands it. It exhausts us fighting this fight. Life has hardships that we go through and it takes the life out of us. And we have to recognize there is a river. There's a place that we can go to get rejuvenated and get refreshed. Because, hey, life's not just a sprint. We know it. Man, it's a marathon. It's a marathon. And you can do good for a while, but then you get a little tired. You need some hope. Holy Ghost Gatorade and get those spiritual electrolytes back. Come on, come on, say amen. Isn't that right? Hey, there's sometimes I say, listen, I just need to get in the room. I'm praying the Holy Ghost for about 30 minutes and I can't even think. My brain is wasted. I'm depleted. I got no news but bad news. God help me. What are you doing? I'm just tapping into the river, man. I'm drinking. I just need to be drunk. I need to, my spirit needs to get strengthened because right now I'm weary and I'm tired and I don't know my left from my right and I just feel like sitting down and just eating the whole bag of cookies. I'm on. Say amen. I mean, hallelujah. We need not faint. Give up. Wear out. Drop out. Because there is a river whose streams make glad the people of God. Woo! Hallelujah! God supplies you and I with spiritual power. What we need to keep us going in spite of the difficulties. Because in ourselves, we can get depleted. We can become exhausted. But through the power of God's Spirit, we can overcome. By the power of God's Spirit, we can prevail. By the power of God's Spirit, we can persist and persevere. And even if the rain doesn't stop, the umbrella of faith will bring us through. Hallelujah. Divine resources that God has given us. So when we respond, we tap in. And there's a refuge that protects us while God is ministering to us. And God is strengthening us so we can get back out there. Amen? Because hell will try to take you out. Hell will try to hit you with such a tsunami in life that you don't want to love God like you used to love God. Some people just run away from God. People give up on God. Others just stay crippled. But God says, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. If you come to my refuge, it's like the Holy Ghost Hospital. I'm going to minister to you. And I'm going to pour some oil on those wounds. And I'm going to speak a better word than what you just heard. And when you get ready to go, I'm going to thrust you back out in the battle. Because it's not over yet. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And, and while you're in the refuge, God says, I don't you want you ever to forget there is a river. You can draw near to me when you're tired and I'll fill you up. You can draw near to me when you get bad news and I'll encourage your heart. There is a place in God that Jesus has given all of us that love Him. He's opened the door. He's made a way that we can draw near to the Almighty God. Say, Lord, I'm tired. Lord, I'm weary. Please fill me afresh. Lord, I feel like uh, I'm spiritually speaking. I'm ready. I'm getting dehydrated. I'm getting ready to faint and pass out. Lord, fill me because I want to 
please you. Fill me, Lord. I don't want to fail you. Fill me, Lord. Others are depending on me, Lord. I can't fall out. Someone needs me, Lord. And I need you, Lord. Fill me so I can keep going and stay strong and stay steady in the midst of it all. I wish we could just pray, God, remove the storm. But how many know it doesn't always happen like that? So if he's not going to remove the storm, I've got to get stronger to walk through it. Are you with me? This is what he's talking about here. We don't have to fear. We have a refuge. We don't have to faint. We have a river. We don't have to fret. What's fretting? That's stewing. Anyone stew? I'm a stewer. Amen? I'm stewing. Sometimes I'm processing. Other times it's stewing. I've got to confess. Whether they say shame to the devil, it's just stewing. There's times I am processing. What's the matter? Nothing. I'm processing. Other times it's stewing. I got to. Amen. Confession is good for the soul. Amen. Don't look so pious at me. I know you all. Come on. Don't look so. We, we, we. But I, gotta, I don't got to fret. You know why? I got a revelation. God has given us a revelation. Verse 10 and 11. Be still. And know that I am God. And I will be exalted. Ooh, glory. God says the devil's a liar. I'm going to be exalted in this mess, but you call on me. Amen. If you cling to me, if you look to me, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted. I'm going to be exalted in that situation. Hallelujah. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. What a revelation. That early church turn their world upside down. They have a revelation. Jesus is alive. We have a revelation. Our God reigns. And our times are in His hands. And His grace is sufficient. And our God is in control of our steps. And the God we serve, He's mighty to save and He's mighty to heal. What a revelation. He said, be still and know. Know that I am God. The living God. The almighty God. The sovereign God. The purposeful God. A God that is not out there somewhere, but the God that walks among you. The God that dwells within you. Emmanuel, God with us. Hallelujah. What a revelation. Be still and know that I am one of the great names of God. Moses, I am. Not I might be, not you can hope I can be. I am God, I am sovereign, I am able. And I'll bring my people through. And Moses, I'll enable you to complete your task. If you're facing a task this morning that you know it's God, it might be parenting your home. That is God. It might be providing. That is God. I want you to know. Don't have to pray about some things. Come on, say amen. I hear people praying about something. You need to pray about that. You need to obey that one, buddy. That's in the book. I want you to know that God says, be still and know. I am God. And I will enable, like I enabled Moses, to carry out the task that he thought was too much for him. I'll enable you to carry out the task that I've assigned to you. And I'll give you the grace you need regardless of the particulars. Because you can give every particular there is to God. And God says, I am greater than that. I am much more than that. I am smarter than that. A revelation has come to the people of God. I am. I am. Jesus used that name, didn't he? Jesus took that name. I am. The bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the light of the world. Whatever you need, I am that. And the resources of my name and my spirit and my word and my salvation are at your disposal. I am God, so be still. The word be still is an interesting word. It means, it means hands off. Relax, enough. being so frustrated. Stop moving in panic mode. Stop trying to work it out in your own flesh. And know and trust and believe that I am God. And I'll be exalted in that situation. And I'll give you the grace you need for all the journey. My Lord, have mercy. Wow. Wow. Problems, when responding to them properly, will deepen and purify your faith 
as you walk with God. When we finish this thing up, the last one, I'll just give you the outline here. Problems prepare our hearts for ministry. You can write the verses down, look them up in your devotional time. The simple outline would be these three words. If you respond properly to your problems, they help you and I become more capable, more compassionate, and more confident. If you go through a problem the right way, more capable. Because hopefully I'm learning something. Amen? Don't waste your trials. Hopefully I'm being trained by them. Hopefully I can help others. By, I can pass something along the way I've learned from going through this. So I can come alongside someone else and say, hey, listen, this is what I did that seemed to work. This is, I mean, hopefully I'm learning something. I'm being teachable. And I'm responding properly. This trial is preparing my heart to minister to someone else along the way. But it's not just about me. i got a brother. i got a sister who's walking this walk of faith. And life's hitting them like life's hitting me. Helps us become capable. Helps us to become more compassionate. It should make us more sensitive and sympathetic. Our heart goes out to those and we felt their pain. Capable, compassionate, and confident. Because you went through it. You dealt through it. Faith is strengthened when you get through it. You can encourage us with a testimony. God brought me through. He'll take you through. David said, hey, I I beat up the bear. Whew, that was a tight one. And then a lion coming. God, oh, I'm ready for Goliath. Why? I've been getting trained and my confidence has been growing. Saul, just sit down and and just, 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 just do whatever kings do. But get out of the way. I'm ready for Goliath. Amen? Because I've gone through some other things that have equipped my faith and built up my confidence. You can I that know the Lord. Wow. We can be confident. Why? We've gone through some stuff. Isn't that right? That same God that brought you through it when you were 20 and 25 and everyone said you'd never make it. They thought you'd be some this and that. You know how they talk. You know how they talk. You know the tongues wag. Come on, say amen. You know what I mean? Blah, blah, blah. You know how that is. But here all these years later, loving Jesus, you produce righteous heirs. Marashataka. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we went through something. Devil, bring it on. The same God that brought me through then, He'll bring me through again. I've had the doctor cross his eyes. Yeah, we've been through that. My heart, Jehovah, my physician, He'll do it again. He'll do it again. Our prayers is that some of the younger ones will hang around long enough to get some experience under their belt and get some, you know, some scars and battles so they can face some things. The problem is they never stick around sometimes long enough to get strong, never consistent long enough to build a foundation. Oh, Jesus. Isn't that right? What do we have going for us? We refuse to quit. And God said, well, if you don't quit on me, I won't quit on you. And while we were just doing our best to hang in there and just keep believing, we didn't realize God was working. And then we look back over a decade and we look back over two decades. We look back and say, wow, things that used to really set me off don't set me off no more. Amen. God's been working. Isn't that wonderful? Things that I'm facing that used to really, now I just face them confidently knowing God's better than that. Lord, I'm going to pray and you're going to answer it like we pray. Isn't that right? Amen. The devil whispers in your ear. What are you going to do when this happens? They say, well, we've, we've been through some hellish times before. And if it happens, it'll happen. But God's grace will be sufficient. He's going to walk us through. And we're going to praise Him in the good times and praise Him in the bad. And Wow, we've been through stuff. See what I mean? When you go through things with Jesus, it, it does something to you. And it makes us confident to face life. And it makes us compassionate to feel for others. And it makes us capable of hopefully we've learned something. So that the dumb things I did at 25, I don't have to do again at 45 or 55. You see what I'm getting at? Hopefully I learned. You, want to, you do want to learn, don't you? Right. Yeah. Because I remember the sting of stupidity. I don't know about you. I felt the sting of stupidity. Not my, my, Joe's stupidity. I, I felt that sting. I don't like that sting. I don't know about you. I don't like that sting. I'd rather have heartburn than that sting, okay? So I'm going to do my very best. I'm not going to make that mistake again. Problems, problems. Hallelujah. All right. Let's go one more time through the outline, then we're going to pray. Believe God for a great year. A year of growth and a year of maturity. 
See, God allows problems so that we can learn and grow. We don't like them. I don't like them. Amen? I think you'll be a little detached if you like. I don't like them. But they are, they're part of the process of becoming. Becoming more and more like Jesus. Becoming that vessel fit for the Master's use. They're part of the curriculum of knowing and growing in the grace of our Lord Jesus. So I want to respond properly. Let's remember as we face this new year, new challenges, new battles, new victories, new triumphs. Problems provide opportunities. Get ready for the opportunity. Get ready to grow. Get ready to be used of God. Problems promote maturity. Don't waste them. Grow from them. Grow through them. Problems prove integrity. Make up your mind you're going to pass the test. Whatever comes your way, you're going to pass the test. Hallelujah. Problems produce dependency. As we cling to God, as we run to God, as we lean fully on God, they're going to make us stronger and purer. Respond proper. Tap into those resources. And problems prepare our hearts for ministry. Let's pray. Let's pray. If you're here today and something's not right between you and God, we'll say it again. We said it last week. The one problem that every one of us has had in common or does have in common is that we're sinners and need a Savior. We all come through different backgrounds, different ways. We're all different people. But the one thing every human being, the one problem every human being has in common, one another, we're sinners and we need a Savior. And we're not able to save ourselves. That's why Jesus is the answer. He came to solve that sin problem. He came to make a way that you can be forgiven. I can be forgiven. We can be right with the Holy God. So if you're here this morning and things aren't right with you and God, maybe, you know, you're saved, but you know the Spirit is speaking to you and there's things you need to make right, I want to encourage you. Start off the new year right. With a clean slate. With a fresh commitment to God. So you can run with expectation. Nothing holding you back. But as we walk this year. Let's be determined. We're going to face the challenges and the battles properly and faithfully. We're going to remain true to the Lord. And we're going to be lives that He can work through in the midst of it all. Amen? Stand with me, please. Stand with me. Hallelujah. Glory. And after I pray, if you just want to come and present your life afresh for this new year, you just want to come and receive special prayer. Let's wait on God and let's let Him touch our hearts. Father, we thank You that You are completely dependable in the day of trouble. We thank You that the resources of Your grace are continually available to us. Lord, help us in this coming year to walk faithfully and consistently in all of the circumstances we face. Use our lives to touch others. To be your instruments. To bring you honor. Now, Father, please fill afresh those that desire more of you. Give new strength. Give new peace. Give new joy for this coming year. And we'll give you our best praise. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Let's worship the Lord. If you need prayer, come and let's believe God together.